Yeah, so it's, it's a joy and a slight fear, I guess, to be standing up in front of you. Um, I'm going to be following on from Bevan and Lindsay's exploring of what church looks like. They looked at the family of God and the body of Christ. And today we're going to be looking at the church as the light of the world. I was actually quite encouraged by Lindsay's message. I can't actually see where Lindsay is this morning. Yes, <laughs> there. Um, because he was reminding us we're each different and we all need it. And I'm not really a preacher, but I, I do love how God uses prayer. And I do love contemplating scripture and allow scripture to just wash over me um, and speak into my situation. So today, that's what I'm hoping to bring. Um, Not so much of a sermon, but maybe more of a a guided prayer time. So if you can just adjust your your expectations um, to that. As I begin, I share with you a prayer that I often use when I enter into a time of contemplation. So let us pray. Holy Spirit. Please keep me open and humble as I seek to know you more through your word. Help me to be willing to see what you want to show me about myself and my place in the world as Jesus' friend. And help me to be willing to see what you want to show us as PBC about our place in the world as your body. Amen. Today we're going to be looking at Matthew 5, which is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, just after he's gone through the Beatitudes. And as I read, just be very conscious of what Holy Spirit is doing in you, where you might feel stirred or struck. I'm going to be reading from three different translations. Almost feel it as like a wave of God's Word washing over you now. So, from the NIV version, Matthew 5, 14 to 16, you Of the light of the world, Jesus says, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) I have have a competition. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Neither do people put a lamp. Put a light, sorry, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The message translation goes like this, and remember these are Jesus' words. Here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God's not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, sorry, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Last, last wave of scripture coming over you now, this time from the Passion Translation. Jesus says, your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would put who sorry, and who would light a lamp 
and then hide it in an obscure place. Instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them and then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. So let me offer three reflections on this passage. And after each reflection, I will invite us to respond as Holy Spirit leads us. Now, metaphors are powerful. I love metaphors because they, they sort of move beyond just our brain and speak to our spirit, helping us to use our senses to engage with the concept. And I think all of us can picture darkness, whether it's when, light, when load shedding happens or, or coming home to a house that's unlit at night. And I think all of us can remember that moment or picture that moment when light bursts forth, when we first flick the switch or turn on the torch or light the candle. And what was dark and unseen becomes seen. It's a powerful picture. Sorry. And Jesus says, you are this. You are the light. Your lives are the light. And he's talking to us. You, me, all of us. So receive that this morning. And and have this image of you standing with your light. But don't stop there. We mustn't forget that Jesus was embedded in a communal culture. And so we need to also have this picture that we are part of a community of lights. So we stand with our lights, but we stand alongside others lighting together together. And together we are a city on a hill kind of light. So now let's just contemplate. I'm going to give us a little bit of silence. And I want, I want to ask Holy Spirit to speak to us. And the question I want you to contemplate is this. Do I believe what Jesus is saying about me, that I am the light of the world? Have I accepted light bearer as part of my identity? So think about your identity. For me, I'm Jackie, I'm a mom, I'm a, I'm a wife, I'm a social worker, I'm a light bearer. Like, is that part of your identity too? Let's just contemplate that just for a minute. Now let Holy Spirit turn your attention to us as Pinelands Baptist Church. What is Holy Spirit showing us about Pinelands Baptist Church as the light of the world? When we go to church, do we think I'm going to the light of the world? When we picture ourselves as part of a body, are we saying I'm part of this light that lights the world? Let Holy Spirit speak to you about that now.
The first reflection was Jesus affirming that we are light. The second part is Jesus saying, don't hide your light. There's a, a hint of almost absurdity in the passage. Jesus is questioning who would go through all the effort of lighting a light and then putting it under a bowl. It seems a bit crazy to do that, especially when everyone in the house needs it. And yet, can we see how absurd it is when we hide our light? I suspect that Jesus isn't too surprised about our, us as humans beings and our light-obscuring ability. And that's why he almost felt he needed to say it very clearly, don't hide your light. So let's ask Holy Spirit now why we might be hiding our light. There may be many different reasons for this. But before I continue, I just want to give you a heads up because after, after this next section, I'm going to be leading you in the one, two, three, skidoo prayer. Many of us would have learned this prayer from Hillary and, Gal- Gallery, Hillary and Gary <laughs> um, as they use it in the Love After Marriage ministry, which is part of the Nothing Hidden Ministries. And this, this is a short prayer, but it guides us into the freedom that Jesus has made available to us. So I'm going to read through a list of light-hiding reasons, and as I do, let the Holy Spirit nudge you to show you where you might need freedom this morning. All right, here we go. I'm fearful of darkness. The darkness in this world is too big. I fear it will overwhelm me, so I keep my light in an obscure place where it doesn't have to stand up to the scary darkness of this world. Here's another reason. I've tried to shine my light before. It was too hard and too demanding. The darkness always almost swallowed me up. I don't think I can do that again. Another reason. I did shine my light, but I, I did it in my own strength. I tried to make goodness from within me. I hadn't learned to reflect the Father's light. I burnt out. Another reason, if I'm honest, I'm disappointed that there is darkness in the world and that God allows it. If God's all-powerful, how can he let the darkness exist? Besides, God is the light, not me. Another reason, I would like to shine, but I just need to get my life in order. Things are a bit hectic at the moment. I just need a bit more time or more space or more money or more energy or skills or, or another reason. I can't shine right now. And lastly, I don't really want the awkwardness of the attention that comes when I shine too brightly. So what we're going to do now, I'm going to guide you in the one, two, three, skidoo prayer. I'll explain one line of the prayer, and then I'll give you a chance to pray that in your heart, nobody's praying out loud in front of everyone, it's just between you and the Lord. So the first thing is to just ask Holy Spirit to identify for you what lie have you been believing? What sin have you been partnering with? And for me, as I was reflecting on this, it was definitely fear and also unbelief that God was big enough to fight the darkness. Just let Holy Spirit show you what it is that he wants you to deal with today. Today. 
And now we're going to nail that to the cross. And it's as simple as saying, I nail whatever it is that you have to the cross. And so my prayer would be, Jesus, I nail fear and unbelief to the cross. And now I'll give you time to pray your own prayer quietly in your heart. Third, let's break agreements and repent. So we're going to break agreements with whatever we've been believing in, if it's been known to us or unknown, and we're going to repent of it. And my prayer will go like this. Jesus, I break all agreements I've made with fear and unbelief, known and unknown, and I repent of giving space to fear and unbelief in my life. Over to you in your hearts to pray. Next, we're going to ask Father to send whatever we've prayed for away from us. My prayer is like this. Father, I ask you to send fear and unbelief away from me now in Jesus' name. Now your turn. And finally, and this is probably my favorite part of the prayer, is we ask God what he wants to give us in place of this that we've just repented of. So be open to Holy Spirit now. Holy Spirit might give you a song or a verse or a picture or a feeling or just a sense of something. Um, Just drop it into your mind. Be open to that. So Father, what do you want to give me in place of this? Pray that in your hearts now and I'll give you time to hear from the Holy Spirit. I want to ask if there's anyone who feels that God has put something on their heart, a picture, a verse, song, that might encourage any of us here, anyone else here, and I invite you to come up and share it. Um, I know this is a little bit different to what we usually do. Um, I know we used to sermons, we just sit and receive. <laughs> so there is a space now for you to interact, and in fact, I'm giving opportunity for others' lights to shine. Um, because of COVID, you can't just stand up and drop your mask and speak out. So if, you, if there is anyone who's got a picture from the Lord that they want to share, just raise your hand, and then you can come to the front. Anyone? Now? Yeah, come on up. Adrian's, Adrian's just going to do some hygiene control. Good morning, everyone, and it's wonderful to be here and spend time together. And as we were praying earlier, just at the end of worship, I just got the message, there will be abundance. So I'm not sure who it's for and whatever, but when the light shines, there is abundance. I can just leave you with that. making the mic ready just in case. Yes, Hillary. The picture I got was a Bible story. The, 
the, the fight on Mount Carmel between the prophets of Baal and the prophet Elijah, Elisha, one of them. <laughs> I never remember which one is which. And when, they, when he prayed, even though they'd covered the altar, the simple Jewish stone altar with water and water and more water, when the fire of God fall, it fell, it burnt everything. And that's what happens when we faithfully show our light to the world. It can't be put out. Anyone else? Yes, Jono? Sorry. Um, you know, Jackie, when you spoke about a city on a hill, I just suddenly had this picture of a hiker who was in the pitch dark, and there is a real sense of fear when you're in the pitch dark, <laughs> and then suddenly, even if you're on Table Mountain, there's kind of this warmth and knowledge that there's the city lights, um, and it kind of gives you a sense of hope, and I really felt that that was for PBC, that we were a sense of hope for a community, and then also it was a sense of safety, so kind of when you hit the city, there's a sense of safety. So even if you're not part of it, you kind of feel that you're safe because you see it. And so even though people may not be joining us, they feel safety because we, we're there. And then for those that see the light, there's a sense of homecoming. And, so, and I really felt that that was the light, just that significance of a light there. So one was that it brought hope to a community. One, that it brought a sense of safety to the community, but actually that there was also this home calling. So as you kind of went towards that light, and so it was an encouragement that we shouldn't let it not shine. <laughs> yes. Hi, good morning. I had a picture of a volcano. Um, when God uses us, the solid rock of the mountain gets melted. And when he comes through, it spurts out as a volcano. And that is the, the, uh, where, where we can see from all over, we can see the blessings of the Lord. It doesn't matter how hard somebody's heart is and how, how hard and deep inside you're solid. But from the deep uh, uh, um, pit of the mountain, it melts and it comes, spurts out like the blessings of the Lord come. Morning, everyone. Um, I just had the sense that, you know, I was like, God, so what do you want to give in place of this fear? And I felt like God say more light, which, <laughs> which kind of might seem obvious, but it was almost as, as we surrender the fear, it's like the fear just steals the light. But when we surrender it, he brings more light and he gives more light. And then also with what Johnny said, um, I also had a picture of a rainbow. So that was the hope, I think, which is the same there. So. As, as Andrea read the verse in Revelations of all multitudes standing before him, um, and, and through this morning just God reminded me of something that's been burning in my heart for a long time. And in 1 Peter 2 verse 9 it says, there are people that even though they want to accuse you of 
of things, one day when Jesus returns, they will land up worshipping him. And Neville, when you spoke about the rock, to me it's like that. People whose hearts are so hard towards God, they don't know him. They're in the darkness. Um, the way that they come to know him is by us leading them to worship God one day when he comes. So we all worship leaders, and we do that by shining our light, by the good works that we do. And it's not, we're not saved through that, but the good works that we do, that which we do one day melts. It's God who melts those hard rocks to come and worship him one day when he returns. Which exactly leads me on to my third reflection. The verse is very clear that there's this amazing connection between our good works, our good deeds, and people opening up to God, people recognizing God. Um, People and creation will recognize Father through the way we shine, which is a little bit mind-blowing and certainly humbles me. And I'm just like, Lord, you have to do this. You show us how to shine because I feel very inadequate um, to live up to this. Um, Steffi, I want to ask you to, to... put the picture up there. In preparing for today, God reminded me of um, a striking oil painting that's going to be shown. I don't know if we can actually see it with the light, um, but I'll describe it to you. It's, it's by what was Fr- France in France. A, um, it wasn't called France, but it was called something else. But anyway, a, a painter called Georges de la Tour in 1593, and um, he did a painting, an oil painting called Joseph and the Carpenter. And when it returns, you will see that it's a, a painting of Jesus as a child. There it is. Um, holding a candle and watching his father do woodwork. Now, I do have to admit, this isn't a historically accurate picture of Jesus. We know he wasn't European. We have to acknowledge that um, it's been seen through De La Tour's cultural lens. But still, we can learn from it. Um, there's this amazing contrast Um, between the light in the middle of the painting and the darkness that surrounds it. And the light is lighting up the face of Joseph, his hands at work, and the child's attentive gaze to what the father's doing. And I think it speaks to our role of holding up a light so we and those around us can see what God is doing. Darkness is actually quite easy to notice. The brokenness And the injustice around us is fairly obvious to see. Many are protesting and calling out the sins of others. Thanks, Steffi and team, you can turn it off. In our Courageous Conversation series, we explore the role of protest, which is one way Jesus follows our soul to society. But today, I want to highlight a different calling where we reveal to the world what God is doing in the midst of darkness, because that is not easily seen. Sometimes we don't even see it at first. And I feel like this painting and Jesus' words is calling us to say, to ask the question, Lord, what are you doing? What are you doing in my neighborhood, in my workplace, in the place where I study, in our city, 
in, in the brokenness, in the injustice, in the suffering? How can, I shine, how can I shine a light on what you're doing, Lord, so others can see you at work? When we start to see what God is doing, there is also an invitation for us to partner the Father by bringing our money, our time, our skills to his work of restoration and renewing. So this is how we shine by our good deeds. Deeds are, by definition, practical. They're active. They're doing works that bring light to darkness. The invitation isn't to stand and and declare, there's darkness there, there's darkness there. No, the invitation is to move into the darkness with our light, with the presence of Jesus into the spaces of injustice because we carry the light of the world. We bring the presence of Jesus into these spaces. And Jesus explains what his presence is. In Luke 4, 18-19, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So as we move into the spaces of darkness, we don't do this on our own. We are anointed by the Spirit and we are part of a community of lights. Perhaps you are called to draw alongside those at PBC who are already shining. We've got ministries to strengthen marriages, to support those in grief. We've got sozo restorative prayer. We've got healing after divorce. There's a reading ministry to children in Athlone and Bonteville. There's Bernadette's ministry in Capricorn. Cindy and Vaughan at Beautiful Gates in Philippi. Dan and Jenny at Abaklobo Educare. There's a river renewal work that myself and others are doing on the Elsie's Kral River just here. So let's have a moment of silence. Is Holy Spirit nudging you to bring your light alongside some of these works? Some of us are being invited to start shining into spaces of brokenness where we as a community haven't been yet. Maybe God is stirring a lament, a compassion in you for a particular dark space. Ask him to show you what he's doing there. All of us are being invited to shine in our spaces of influence. And that can be many things. It may mean making tough decisions in your workplace, decisions for justice. It may mean speaking out in your place of study where there's darkness that needs to be confronted. 
It may mean actively building friendship with someone who's different to you, who you might not even like or who may scare you. It may mean being intentional about how you spend your money. Which products are you buying? Are you supporting companies that exploit people and destroy God's creation? It may mean decreasing our single-use plastic and reviewing how we use our energy and what we do with our household waste. It may mean looking at the wages that we pay those who work for us. Are they living wages? And how the minimum wage workers in our workplaces are treated. We can shine a light there. It may mean intentionally making lifestyle changes that allow generosity and hospitality to become more of a possibility in our lives. There are many, many more examples. And I'm trusting that God will guide each one of us and that he will give us strength to live this out. So our last time we pause this morning, let's listen to what Holy Spirit is stirring in us about how he wants us to shine in our spaces of influence. And as you think over your space of influence, allow the, that picture of abundance. We don't need to fear what God's calling you to. There's abundance. There's a volcano of God's heat that can melt hard rock. Where things look doused in water and dripping with cold wetness, God's fire is more than enough. I declare that over your lives now. And I invite you to cherish what Holy Spirit has given you this morning, even if it's just one word or one picture. Take it this morning. Let it nourish it. Let it grow. I want to end with a blessing. I bless you with freedom to stretch into the fullness of your identity as light bearer. I bless you to bring out God colors in the world around you so others may see God. I bless you with joy and courage to be generous with your lives so that by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, our generous Father. And I bless PBC to become the city on a hill kind of light to the people of Pinelands and Thornton and Kensington and Langer and Athlone and Bontierville and Philippi and Tabombeki and Capricorn and beyond. Lord, may we fully and wholeheartedly partner you to bring your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.